0: It's the first rivalry game of the season. Penguins are in town to take on the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets riding a two-game winning streak. Penguins have yet to lose in regulation. Who's going to come out on top? Well, we've got Hunter Hodes here of Locked On Penguins to tell us all about his team and to uh, join me in making some fun predictions. That's all coming up today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day, hello, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. You're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news stories. Uh, excitement, game previews. That's what's coming up in today's episode. And more about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Lots of Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. If you haven't hit subscribe over there, then feel free to do so. It helps me out. It helps you out. Everybody wins. Uh, today, we are going to be doing another game preview. Blue Jackets are taking on the Penguins for the first rivalry matchup of the season. And uh, to help me, Talk a little bit more about the Penguins. I've got Hunter Hodes, host of Locked On Pittsburgh Penguins, to uh, come and talk to me and all of you guys about what kind of offseason the Penguins have had, his keys to how they can win this game, and uh, we have some fun with it as well. So I'm just going to get right into my conversation with Hunter. Good news is the Blue Jackets are riding a two-game winning streak. The bad news is the rules say we have to play the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday night. So uh, I figured to save me from having to have opinions about the Pittsburgh Penguins, I would get my uh, my guy Hunter of Locked On Penguins to uh, come and talk about them instead because he probably enjoys doing that a lot more than I do. So uh, how's it going, Hunter? The uh, Penguins are getting off to a pretty hot start
1: this season. Yeah, three zero and, oh and one through their first four games. You know, it's always you know fun to. Record a show with you, Jay, and you know it's always great when these two teams get together. Even though I think it's kind of like a big brother little brother rivalry um, (laughs) these last several years, but it's still like the games are usually still pretty competitive. Even you know no matter who the head coach is, and no matter you know how good the jackets are versus how bad they are, um, you know it's only a quick drive for the penguins there. But yeah, you know, they have won three of their first four games. They scored 18 goals and three home games to start the season. They've been red hot there, had a little bit of a struggle against Montreal. They probably should have been able to close out that game. But <clears throat> I will gladly take seven out of eight points and, a tie for, and I will gladly take being first place in the Metropolitan Division through at least the first week or two um, of the season.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I feel like every team has one of those games where they just turn up and it's Montreal, or Arizona or Chicago. And it's just like, you know what? Not tonight. Um, but I guess let's uh, let's start off with kind of the team as a whole. I feel like the Penguins are one of those teams that never really seem to do much in the off season, And then they turn up for the regular season and you're like, oh, how did they get better? Um, so, my question is, I guess, when will the Penguins submit to the ravages of time and accept that all of their good players are a million years old?
1: Um, not until I think they start being truly washed. Um, I know they're in their 30s right now, but, you know, Sid, top five in points right now. He hasn't missed a beat. Evgeny Malkin, a lot of people wrote him off during the, the offseason. He's off to a great start. I think he has a point in all four games. Crystal Tang had a bad game on Monday. He has five to seven, six to eight of those every year. The the anti-Latang people in this fan base will tell you that it's way more. They're wrong. Um, They are off to great starts. And, of course, Jay, your boy Jake Gensel, who probably will not be playing on Saturday night, um, is also off to a very hot start this season, three goals in the first four games. I predicted that he would score 50 this year. Hopefully he's not out for too long so that he can make that happen. But, you know, as long as they keep playing – at this elite level, they're gonna be one of the best teams in the league. You know, they as long as they're playing at that. You know, they they will have as good of a shot as almost anyone, I think, to win another Stanley Cup in this era. And the top line's been cooking. Malkin actually has good line mates here with Jason Zucker and Brian Rust. He also has a good defenseman to give him the puck a lot more and Jeff Petrie. For as good as John Marino was last off in the defensive zone, he brought hardly any offense. To this team, you're already seeing the reward with having Petrie with him. Um, it's It works so much better when you have someone with an offensive ability like him. So they definitely didn't do a lot during the offseason, but the changes that they did make, especially on defense, you know, they're reaping those rewards right now for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. I feel like the beauty of a good team is that you don't really have to do a lot. It's just little little tweaks, mm. and I think yeah, Jeff Petrie uh, of the f- little bit of I, of him I've seen this season. I don't go out of my way to watch Penguins games typically, but if there are, I'll watch them. Um, I've liked what I've seen from him. He seems like a, a pretty decent upgrade. Um, but the the guy that I want to talk about, uh, the guy that I feel like never really gets as uh, never really gets the the reputation that he deserves. I think uh, let's talk Tristan Jari. You know, we love goalies on locked on Blue Jackets. Um, Tristan Jari, I think, had a phenomenal season last season. Um, unfortunate uh, that he got that injury in the in the playoffs. Uh, but he, again, is looking pretty pretty hot to start this season. So uh, what's up with, with Tristan Jari? Is he ever going to get the recognition that he deserves? From this, I think base. some
1: people won't truly recognize him until he actually plays well in the playoffs. He was about to get that chance last year until Anders Lee had other ideas and accidentally crashed and broke his foot late in the regular season. But you know he is picking up right where he left off from the last regular season when he was playing very well, had a, over a 9.20 save percentage, was top 10 in goals they will have expected. Right now, through three starts, save percentage over 9.50, goals against average below two. Uh, top five in goal state above expected. I think only Jake Ottinger, Eric Comrie, and Carter Hart for, somehow are above uh, Jari right now. Did not see Carter Hart having a good start to the season, that's for sure. But I don't um, yeah, I'm he is, understand what's going on there. It's, <laughs> I hope, hopefully they'll bottom out soon enough. But um, that's definitely a lot better of a start than I expected to with the Flyers. But with Jari... <clears throat> Excuse me. He's continuing to stay aggressive. He's bailing them out when he needs to. Like last night against the Kings. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on with this cough here. Um, they had a really bad first period. And the Penguins, they could not really get out of their zone. They were being suffocated in the neutral zone. And <clears throat> he was really having to make a lot of good saves. In the first period, and that allowed the Penguins to really settle in. They're able to get the first goal, then the second goal, then the third goal. Game's basically over by intermission. But none of that would have been possible without the play of Tristan. You know, he also played lights out against Tampa Bay. He's being a little more feisty this season. I don't know if Ron Hextall told him to be (laughs) like that just because of how he was as a goaltender. But you know, he's definitely there's a little bit, little bit of a heel turn um, with him. It's not Jordan Bennington level, but it's he doesn't like it when people get into his crease and stuff, but I think you're starting to see him really transition into one of the better goaltenders in this league. And if he keeps this up, I think he could really transition to being an elite goaltender in this league. I actually, um, all my listeners, well, I think most of the listeners know this because I've said this about 5,000 times for your blue jackets fans. I predicted Jari to be a Vesna finalist coming into this season. I was very high on him and, um, he's going to make a lot of money if that ends up happening and he keeps up this play because um, one of the biggest questions I always have with the Penguins goaltending its killed them the last few years in the playoffs, whether it's Matt Murray, Tristan Jari this past year, Louis Domingue, as long as they can get at least average goaltending there, they'll be able to at least win a series if not two. But if they get less level of goaltending like 940, 950, uh, it's going to be a lot, very hard to see a team win four out of seven against them in a series. So, Off to a great start. I'm not sure if he'll get the start on Saturday. I I think he might just, but they also have a back-to-back coming up on the Western Canada trip. So I could see them going to DeSmith for this one. He had a good performance in Montreal, but would not be surprised if it is, Tristan, that does go. Yeah.
0: I think the the thing, I don't know, I always remember last season, there was a game against the, it was the the Blue Jackets-Penguins game, and they put DeSmith in for the first period, and he allowed like two goals on eight shots or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is great. I'm having a great time. And then he wasn't playing badly, I don't think. Um, But yeah, they swapped him out at the end of the first period. And then Tristan Jarry came in and just made my life miserable for the next 40 minutes. And I think the Blue Jackets ended up, ended up losing that game. So maybe we'll see that happen again, because the Penguins love to make me personally suffer. Um, But obviously, Jay Gensel's uh, probably going to be out, uh, which is a disappointment. I always love to... I, I say love. I hate to play Jake Gensel, but he's always fun to watch. Um, He loves to score on the Blue Jackets. Um, Who else? You you know, you've mentioned Crosby. You've mentioned Malkin. You've mentioned Latang having great starts to the season. Is there anyone that's had a really great start to the season that is kind of unexpected, someone that's not getting as much talk as they should be? Uh, any young players that have kind of come into the mix?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the first one off the top of my head is Kasperic Kapanen. He had a really bad year. Last year would always just come in the offensive zone, button hook back, not really do much. But this year, everything, all three zones, he's been great defensively. He's making uh, much better reads. He's also playing on the PK a lot more, which is something he did really well in Toronto during the 2018-19 season. I'm glad that Mike Sullivan is finally putting him on that unit. It's, it's reaping rewards so far. And <clears throat> he may only have one goal in four games, but his playmaking ability has been much better compared to where it was last year. He's making some passes that I don't think I've ever really seen him do in a Penguin uniform. Um, one that stood out last night that he got an assist. on um, Was great. than the other one in Tampa Bay. He fed Jeff Carter for a goal. It was a nice cross-team pass. Um, he's playing at a high level this year and I don't think enough Penguins fans are giving him the credit that he deserves because, you know, coming into this year, I was down on him. I think a the, the whole fan base was because he gets that two year deal, 3.2 million. You're kind of like, you know, does he really deserve that? He had a bad year last year. You could have used that salary cap space so to go out and sign, you know, need a writer or something else. But you know, he's so far <clears throat> proving me and I think a lot of other people wrong. And I really hope that he does keep this up. Um, Later in the year, maybe it's the cat that he got over the offseason or it's his flow. I, I don't know. So, something is clicking with him, um, and I'm really glad to see him playing well. Jason Zucker, our nice Jewish boy, as we coined it on the Locked on Penguins podcast, he's been awesome, and he's finally fully healthy. He plays his tail off every shift. One of the best floor checkers on this team is shooting the puck a lot more. I think he's definitely reaping the rewards playing with Brian Rust. <clears throat> and Evgeny Malkin. I think Marcus Pedersen, he looks like a great fit with Petrie. Defensively, he's been awesome, breaking up a lot of odd man rushes, much better in front of the net. That's been an area of concern that I've had for him during his Penguins tenure, but this year it seems he's really been cleaning up his issues, and you know he's doing well at that, and he's also um, contributing a little bit offensively, which we saw him do a little bit towards the end of last season, but before that, not as much, but, you know, that, but it's been able to carry over into the season. So those, are, I think, are the three main players that um, I didn't expect to play at this high of a level <clears throat> coming into this season, And, I, and I, but I'm really glad that they, are, that they are, excuse me, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. I feel like the Penguins are kind of trying to emulate that Red Wings style of a couple of years ago, oh, well, more than a couple of years ago now, but when the old players started to age out, they just replaced them with Equally good young players. I feel like the Penguins are kind of trying to trying to emulate that, and it's for the most part it seems like it's working out uh, pretty okay. Uh, in a minute, we're gonna flip the script because a uh, lot of Blue Jackets fans know this, but maybe a of Penguins fans don't know. The Blue Jackets had kind of a big off season, so I'm sure lots of questions there. Uh, so we're gonna talk about that in just a minute. But first, I going to tell you guys about. Bet online because it's your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Uh, I know the Pittsburgh Steelers are having kind of a rough time at the minute, but uh, maybe the Cleveland Cavaliers can do something fun at basketball this season, and you can find all of the odds, props, and lines for those. At BetOnline.net, you can find player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, uh, in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, they remain your continued tours for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. So if you want to, I don't know, put some money on Johnny Gaudreau scoring yet another highlight reel goal for like the fifth game in a row, you can do that at BetOnline.net. So head to the website today on your laptop or your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Because Bet better line is where
1: the game starts. So yeah, Jay, I mean, I noticed that the Jackets had a little bit of a slow start to the season. They lost three out of four games, but big comeback win on Thursday night against the national predators down two nothing going into the second period. And also at three, one going into the third, but that didn't matter. The Jackets were able to come back win that game, five to three, they're now two and three on the season. Looks like Johnny Goudreau had another big game. I'm not looking forward to going up against him for the next eight years. That's for sure. Uh, I, I didn't like going up against Panarin when he was in the Jackets, but now I have to go up against him when he's a Ranger. So I'm still c- hating myself for that. But Goudreau is such a fantastic player and he had a big game last night. What what have you noticed from him so far um, through these first five games of the Jackets season? Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, the Blue
0: Jackets lost their first three games of the season. Um, I think not for lack of trying, um, obviously losing Patrick Liney, it like 25 minutes into the season didn't help, but yeah. Having Johnny Gaudreau there has kind of soothed that that pain a little bit. Um, he's just... It, it sounds redundant to say this, but, like, I didn't realise how good he was until I would sat down and watched him for, like, a full game. Obviously, I've seen him play for the Flames. I've seen him play All-Star Games, uh, World Championships, etc. But until I sat down and watched him play as a blue jacket, suddenly I was like, man, this kid's... I say kid. He's, like, my age. This guy's really good. Like, just... Every time he has the puck, I'm like, oh, something cool is going to happen in a minute. He's got four goals in his first five games, uh, six points, uh, had a highlight reel goal against the Vancouver Canucks on Tuesday night, had two goals uh, on Thursday night against the National Predators, uh, including one breakaway. Yeah, one was an empty netter, but hey, it still counts. Um, he's just, he's a difference maker on this team in a way that I don't even think, you know, they maybe like you mentioned Artemi Panarin, he might be the last big difference maker that this team had, uh, and I think Johnny Cadreau is at that level, if not more. Obviously, 115 points last season. Will he hit the 100 point mark this season? Maybe, but I'm expecting big, big things out of Johnny Cudro uh, on and off the ice as well. Like I've talked about this a lot this offseason, but like, yeah, the off the on ice stuff is super easy to. To look at and say hey he scores goals you look at the off ice stuff he chose columbus he left money on the table to stay in calgary he left money on the table to go home to new jersey he was like no i want to play in columbus and i think that makes such a big difference for this franchise <laughs> because now i feel like fans of other teams media of other teams even players on other teams and maybe looking at columbus and being like man, does Johnny Gaudreau know something we don't? Like, maybe I want to go there. So I'm excited to see the kind of the, the ripple effect that come from him saying, hey, Columbus is where I want to spend the next
1: eight years. Yeah, that's why it was just so surprising. You're like, you're reading like, oh, the Islanders are involved. and I'm like, please do not go to the Islanders because I'm not able to see them have any success. And then, you know, you see the Flyers are obviously involved because he's from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which is 15 minutes away from Philadelphia. The Devils are involved. And then the Flyers really don't even make a play for him. They made a play for other players, which is just hilarious in itself that they want to compete. But he decides to go to Columbus and they came in out of nowhere. I was like, wow, like that's a quite an interesting move for a team that I don't really know what direction they were going in because they finished ninth place in the East last year, but they were 20 points behind the Washington Capitals. So it's like, what direction do you really want to go here? And you know, they they spend a lot of money. This offseason too. I'm sorry, Jay, I have to bring this up. They signed four times four for Eric Branson, former penguin here. Actually did not play that bad as a penguin, but was eventually traded when John Marino um came up and took his spot a few years ago. But you know, this is a player that ha- this is a team I think that has a lot of I guess underrated players is the way to say it. You know, I still find it kind of funny that Boone Jenner is the captain of this team, it's just a very random thing. Hey, I've you been-
0: leave you leave Boone Jenner alone. Hey, uh, good this player. Is in Venice. This is, so this is something that I think about a lot is, does your captain have to be your best player? That's true. Um, Nick Foligno got named captain after that 70-point season in 2015 and then never really did it again. And I think the pressure of being captain kind of got to him. And I think he was... It's okay, he, Jake, he was Jacob
1: good, Trouba is the captain in New York.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes, you're, sometimes your captain isn't your best player, but yeah. since Boone has had the C... He's upped his game in like oh. ten different ways. He had a f- great start to the season last season. Missed a bunch of time with a back injury, unfortunately. Um, but again, he's he's our top line center at the minute. Um, is he a one C level player? No, but do you need an elite center to play between Line A and Johnny Gaudreau? You know, and so I think he's really going to reap those rewards of being the only guy on the tape on the team that can win a face off and playing between those two guys. So. I I will hear no Boon Jenner slander on uh, on this podcast, but no, I do get what you mean. It is kind of a that guy, really. But no, we uh, we love Boone Jenner in Columbus.
1: No, no, yeah, it's just it's just a very random thing that I've always noticed over the years. And you know, he, I think he's one of the last players that was on that 2014 team about eight years ago when they he's first the played in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's crazy to think about. That he's the only <laughs> one left. It's just time really flies. But no, they, you know, I think the Jackets do have a lot of young talent here. You know, Chikanov, I think, is one of your better, younger players. Um, Gustav Nyquist, he's a veteran, but I like him quite a bit. Jack Roslovich, Gabrikov. Um, Cole Sillinger, I think, is going to be a player at some point. Eric Robinson, I think, as well. They all, the Lorenski is still young. He's making a lot of money. I, I when he signed that contract, I was like, hmm, good defenseman, but I don't know if he's worth like that price tag, but still a good player. Um, but... You know, the player that I think I'm really intrigued about coming in this year for the Jackets is Jacob Voracek. You know, last year, good playmaker, Jay, but the goal scoring was not there for him. I think he had one of the lowest shooting percentages of his career with Columbus. Um, are, are you expecting that to regress to the mean this year? You know, how has he played so far this season?
0: Yeah, he's, he's played pretty well so far this season. I do expect him to score more than, I think, six goals yeah. he had last season, but also on the flip side. I don't look to Jake Voracek for scoring, necessarily. Um, I think that was a big thing. For, obviously, they traded uh, Cam Atkinson, who was a very prolific goal scorer for the Blue Jackets. Um, but the Flyers needed goal scoring. The Blue Jackets needed someone that could make plays. And so it's turned out to be a really good trade for both pe- both teams. Uh, Voracek, I think, led the league in primary assists last season. So uh, would I like him to score more than literally six goals? Sure, but I also don't. Like if he hits ten to fifteen goals, I'm pretty happy. I think, and um, we don't look at him for scoring. I think people look at his contract and are like, "Man, eight point five million for six goals—that's a lot of—it's a lot of money to not do anything." But someone's got to make the plays, you know. Someone's got to get the assist. You can't score every goal can't be unassisted. So I'm not mad that he doesn't score as much. Um, I do think he's dropped a little bit in the lineup. Obviously, picking up Johnny Cudrow. Um, has kind of bumped him from that top line. I really liked him with uh line A last season. Um, he's playing on I call it the babysitter line. Um, so it's with him and uh Cole Selinger, who is all of 19 years old, and uh, hmm. it, either Chinakov or uh, who's 21 and Kent Johnson, who just turned 20 on Thursday night. So uh, it's just one adult and two kids, but that's a that's a really fun line. Um, so I think he's he's there for some assists uh some power play quarterbacking he does really well at that even yes. though the power play continues to be cursed um but he's mostly there to be a veteran presence i think he's got i think two years left in his contract and um, i would be very surprised if he doesn't resign with columbus for a much lower amount because he really loves it here and uh, i think he's been really good for this team he just he has good vibes and i think that helps a lot
1: yeah, I mean, and Penguins fans need no introduction to Voracek because he's killed them over the years, especially with his times <clears throat> in Philadelphia. But, you know, Jay, talk to me about, your you know, your younger players. I mentioned Robinson, Sillinger, when I was reading the Jackets preview, I think from Dom of the Athletic, he really made his way to mention uh, those two players and a couple of others as well. What have you noticed from the younger players um, that are really playing in their first, like, full, full NHL seasons with Columbus so far?
0: Yeah, I have been super, super impressed with uh our younger players um ken Jones, um cole Selinger had a i think a really great rookie season last year um was kind of overshadowed by you know guys like zegris uh guys like cider um the oldest man alive michael bunting but he had 31 points as an 18 year old in this league you know i think that's that's pretty decent he was the only player from that first round to play the full the full season um and i have no complaints about soldier's game um Ken Johnson hasn't scored yet. He's getting closer. Um, he was a fifth overall pick last season. Um, he's he just he looks really good. He looks like he's figuring it out. Uh, he's going to put things together. Um, Sheinikov led the the preseason, led the NHL in scoring in the preseason. He had six goals in six games. hasn't scored yet, but he does have four assists in in the last two games. Um, went pointless through the first three and then had two assists versus Vancouver. Two assists versus Nashville. Um, so again, feels like a matter of time before he breaks through. He's got a really, really good shot. Um, again, I think kind of overshadowed in his rookie season last year by the emergence of Cole Sillinger, but he's really kind of showing that he has a place in this team. Um, and I mean, that's not even talking about the the young players that just they didn't have room for on the roster. You know, Kirill Marchenko came over from Russia. He's looking really good. Uh, he had three goals in his first two games with the Cleveland Monsters uh, this season. David Juracek, sixth overall pick this season. Um, he's in Cleveland. The Jackets just don't have room for all of their young players, which I think is a problem. But it's if you're going to have a problem, like, oh, no, we have too many good young players, like that feels like a pretty good problem to have. So uh, I'm expecting the kids to have a, a pretty big night against Pittsburgh. Uh Just because, if nothing else, I think the Blue Jackets have three players that are over the age of thirty this season. So it is just children. Um, and at a certain point, the kids have to do something. So
1: can't can't relate here. That's for sure. Yeah, (laughs) they the (laughs) the oldest roster in the league by average age. It's like thirty point three. It's like a little more than um Washington. But that's the price you pay when you've uh, had a core for a long. I would yeah,
0: I would trade many children to have Crosby and Malkin for fifteen years. You know, it's yeah, it's.
1: Yeah, you, you can't believe it's year 17 this year. Though it'll be twenty that time. I don't I don't understand it at all. Last thing, Jay on the jackets, um goaltending, I think last year. At times it was good from what I remember. At times definitely wasn't. Um Jonas Corposalo's on IR. That's not good news. But um I would expect the penguins to see Elvis Merz for this game. How has he played to start this season? Because you know, I believe if I'm correct, he signed a deal with them over the offseason, if that's correct jay i I think so yes so Um, he
0: signed a five-year extension that's right this offseason for just over five million um which at the minute is looking a little shaky but Mm -hmm. this is still only i think this is his third season in the nhl um he spent a bunch of time in switzerland before he came over here so i think a lot of people expect that he's been here longer because he's a little bit older than most young goalies um he has kind of been up and down this season, um, he wasn't very good against St. Louis. I thought he was fantastic against uh, the Canucks, uh, let in two soft goals to begin with, and then ended up making, I think, 33 of 36 saves to get the win. Um, the game against Nashville, I think he had three goals on 26 shots, so not great, but in his defense, I thought that the first two goals had a real good case for goalie interference um, in that they just kind of ran into him and the puck went in the net in both both goals they didn't challenge but it is what it is maybe i'm biased because that's my guy but i felt like they had a good chance a good argument for goal interference uh so one legitimate goal on 26 shots is pretty good um he's a guy that and I've, I've always said this uh he's go big or go home like he is high risk high reward he had eight yeah. he had in his eight game stretch in his rookie season he had five shutouts but before that, he, I think, went winless in his first eight or nine games with the Blue Jackets, you know. So he go he has up and downs. Um, last season, I know he was dealing with um, some stuff. Obviously, uh, the offseason before last season, uh, backup goalie Matisse Kovalevniks passed away. Uh, Mosleykins was there. I think that affected him quite deeply in a way that he didn't really process until maybe halfway through the season. So he really struggled last season because of that. Um, I'm hoping he's doing better now and I uh, he looks good he's been struggling but I think partly that's the fact that the average age of the defense is like 21 and a half um so it's it's real young I think he's struggling with that but I'm expecting big things from Elvis uh, maybe not against the Penguins. typically he doesn't play super well against the Penguins, um, which upsets me greatly but over the course of the season I'm expecting pretty pretty big things from uh, from Elvis
1: honestly you know what how many jackets do play well <laughs> i think against hey, the <laughs> over the years hey, hey it's it's still gonna be a great time of course i always love those matchups but yeah i would expect him um, i'm sure you would to start and then i still think it'll be tristan but you never know they may throw Dismith in there just because um tristan is gonna see a lot of action i think this coming week with the western canada trip but um that wraps up the second segment um in the third segment or the final one i should say we're going to give some keys to for each team to win this game and a whole lot more, so stick around for that coming up after these messages. All right, welcome back to this special crossover edition of Locked On Penguins and Locked On Blue Jackets. I'm Hunter Hodies. That's Jay Forster. Jay, I'll let you uh, take it with this one.
0: Cool. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's start off with the the big one. Uh, I guess what what do the Penguins need to do? to beat the Blue Jackets like is there something in their game that they need to improve obviously going 3-0-1 is pretty good are there any flaws in their game like the the Blue Jackets don't listen to this podcast you can you can tell me it's not a it's not a secret you know what do the what do the Penguins need to do to improve
1: yeah so I think they need to start out the game a bit better you know the last couple of starts they've had the vibe check as you know we say in Jesse Marshall the athletic you know he likes to say um has not been there but It didn't really matter last night because the the game was basically over by the first intermission. So um, they need to start out the game a bit better. They need to keep firing a lot of shots on the net, keep defending well, especially, you know, and just keep their habits from at home and take them on the road because they've outscored opponents at PPG Paints Arena so far this year, 18 to five. That's very good to say the least. So if they can take that part of their game and put it to now for a road blueprint, um, that's obviously going to be a big key for the Penguins here. Um, Sure. You know, there's again, that big brother, little brother, aspect. I don't think they just have to show up to win the game just because it's a whole different jackets team, but you know, the Penguins, they've played well historically against this team, no matter if it's in Pittsburgh, no matter if it's in Columbus, Um, they just got to play a well structured, disciplined game, continue to get saves from their goaltending penalty kill has to continue to improve. It's, Not been one of their strong suits to start the season. Usually it's one of the 10 best units in the league. Um, But to start out the season, definitely not where I want it to be, though I thought it took some strides in the right direction against Montreal, Tampa Bay, I should say, and against Los Angeles on Thursday night. So those, I think, are my main key things to win this game. I know Jake Gensel's not going to be there, so the rest of the depth is going to have to step up. They legitimately do not even have any cap space to call someone out. If Jake Gensel cannot play, they're gonna to have to go 11 forward, seven defensemen. And I'm not I'm not joking on that. They have 83,000 on Cap friendly right now. It, it is it is a bad time with that. Um so with Jake not being able to go, they're probably gonna to have to dress if I had to guess Chad Reedle's probably gonna get some minutes down there. The fourth line will probably just be some combination of um paling and archibald, something like that. Teddy Bluger he's been practicing for the last couple of weeks something is just not healing right in him. He's been non-contact literally since the season started, has not been able to go to full contact yet. He took regular line rushes today because he was 12th board at the practice, but I don't really think that's going to mean anything for that game. So those I think are my main takeaways or my main keys to win this game for the Penguins and obviously slowing down, you know, your top line with Gaudreau on it. I mean, he's such a great talent and I hope that he does not join the long list of other players around the league who have, killed the penguins over the years but jay i'll I'll hand it over to you You know how do the jackets you know how do they get the i guess i'll call it a a small upset win over the penguins here
0: no i think it's fair to say that it would probably be an upset win like even on even you know the numbers blue jackets are two and three penguins have a winning record um it's interesting you mentioned special teams because that was something i was going to bring up um the blue jackets penalty kill has been very good uh, they are, I believe, 10th in the league right now. They're sitting on about 86%. Um, they had a really good night against Nashville. They killed all five of Nashville's uh, minor penalties. Uh, the problem comes when uh, they draw penalties. Um, and it feels, game six feels very early to start being like, hey, can we just refuse the power play? But I am considering it because the power play has been just awful. Just horrific. Um, and I, I think partially that's because they don't have Line A, who was kind of the... A big name on the on the power play but like johnny Gaudreau should be able to score on the power play uh, jake voracek is a really good power play assist man um you know zacharensky scored some some power play goals in his time so i don't know why it's not working but it's not um so it could be a really good excuse for the penguins to uh, practice their penalty kill without really being scared <laughs> of the blue jackets scoring on them um but that's i think that's the big the big key for me is keep the penalty kill strong figure out the power play, um, try not to allow a million goals. Cause I feel like if you get into a, a goal scoring competition with the Penguins, you're maybe not going to come out on top of that one. Um, like it kind of worked with the Canucks. It kind of worked with the, the Preds. I don't think it's going to work with the Penguins. So you want to be tighter defensively. Um, and I think the, the key for me, like, like the main key is like you say, I want that top line rolling. Um, keep that together. Brad Larson has kind of been guilty of doing some kind of line blending early in the season, which I get it. If things aren't working, change them up. But I feel like you should give things more than like four shifts before you accept that they're not working. Um, that top line is Goudreau, um, Jenner and Gus Nyquist at the mm. minute, which I don't hate. Uh, Gus Nyquist is very much kind of like a... a I've been calling him wish.com Patrick Laine. Um, He only scores empty net goals and shorthanded goals. But he he scores goals. Um, he's been really good on that line for an older guy. He's got some serious wheels, um, and so I don't hate that top line. And I think that's going to be honestly Johnny Gaudreau feels like it's going to be he's going to be the key to um, this matchup. Um, another player that I just want to mention uh, before we wrap up with some some predictions. Um, Nick Blankenberg has been phenomenal for this team. He missed the first three games. He was a healthy scratch. Drew into the fourth game. Uh, had. Four shots on goal, five hits, uh, was phenomenal against the Canucks uh, last night or Thursday night against the um, Preds. He had an assist on the Johnny Codro breakaway goal, and then he scored the game-winning goal with like a minute and 18 seconds left. He was He's just been phenomenal. He's been our best defenseman, uh, which is insane when you think about how much you're paying some other defenseman. Um, to basically not do what Nick Blankenberg is actually doing, but he's my player to watch. I think Penguins have to keep an eye on him because I think he's he's only small. He's only like five nine. So whether it's that teams just don't see him until it's too late or what, but uh, he he's a guy that I think the Penguins are gonna get burned by if they're not careful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely have my eye on him. That's for sure. Again, you know, if it looks like, like another young player that's really making his way. Into this lineup. And as you did say, yeah, Jamie, I mean, like that that top line is definitely going to be a thing. I think Mike Sullivan's going to try to match the Crosby line against, even though there won't be any Jake Densel there. And, and just to wrap up with the special teams, yeah, the Penguins power play, I think they're coming into last night, they were four for 12, four for 13 to start the season. Um, c- kind of what, well, yeah, I think what you would expect from a Penguin power play. Uh, you don't want to give them too many chances. They definitely cleaned some stuff up from last season, though when the power play is bad, it's just the zone entries aren't there and they're just coughing up the puck way too often. So hopefully the PK will also start to garner some more momentum after a rough start this season. But um, yeah, we can wrap up here with some predictions. Um, I guess with me, I'm never good at these just because I feel like the opposite always happens with this though. That said, I might try something different. I I think it's going to be a close game. I'm kind of predicting a, kind of type of game. I think the Penguins do end up winning this game, especially if Justin Jari starts. It's not going to be maybe a pretty game, but I do think they're going to come out with the win here. Um, Eventually someday, I think the Jackets are just going to break this losing streak that they have against them, but I'm not really sure if it's going to be uh, this game going into the Western Canada trip, but um, how do you see this game playing out?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, I mean I've been going with my guys all season because I feel like if I don't root for them, who will? So I'm gonna say it's gonna be a four three game. Uh I think the Jackets take it in overtime. Uh they have uh, an overtime win already. And so I think if you can get to overtime, I think Johnny Gaudreau is just in overtime, it's just magic. Um that feels like the the key to me. Um the Blue Jackets have struggled holding a lead. Uh they've been uh I think they've been uh trailing going into the third period every game so far and then they've come back and won the last two so fingers crossed for that um one final prediction before we wrap it up who is going to open the scoring for the Pittsburgh Penguins
1: It's a good question <laughs> to be honest with you I would say Jake. I would say Jake but uh, I, I would say him right because I would a I would want to see the meme that you put on your Twitter for it yes
0: um but it's it my like... favorite meme I never get to use it
1: I know. I, I, of course, like the day before the game, it looks like he's probably not going to play because he's, pra- he's not a practice. Um, hopefully it's not like a concussion or anything like that. But, um, man, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Evgeny Malkin. You know, he's had a great start to the season. Uh, scored the first goal in Montreal in their first road game. I Actually scored the first two goals, the only two goals for the Penguins in that game. They lost three to two in overtime. Uh, I'm going to say he opens up the scoring here. He just looks like he has a – Different demeanor to him this season. His skating is the best I've seen in three years. Uh, Playmaking-wise, he's been awesome. He's not really turning the puck over that much. Uh, I, I think he opens the scoring in a big way for this one.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go for the Blue Jackets. Uh, you know what? Boone Jenner hasn't scored yet this season. I feel like he's overdue. Um, and because you slandered him earlier, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to <laughs> go with Boone Jenner opening the scoring for the Blue Jackets. Um, so if people want to... Uh, catch up with the penguins. Uh, I don't understand it, but I can respect it. Uh, where can people find, uh, you and your show if they want to learn more about, uh, you market, for example.
1: Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter is at l score penguins. The show is free and available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Now everything else. Um, yes, jackets fans. I actually run a pretty good objective penguins podcast. So if you want to keep up with your main rival, uh, you, I will gladly take that. So, um, I'm always excited for these games, um, even though, again, it's not one of the main Penguins rivals, but it's still in close proximity that, you know, it basically has to be at least a mini rivalry. But, um, Jay, for Penguins fans out there listen to my show, you know, where where can they find your beloved show? And if they want, want to go listen to a Blue Jackets-centric podcast every now and then, hopefully more often.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I th- I think as the Blue Jackets get better, that rivalry is going to get bigger. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be in a couple of years. I think it's going to be real fun, Um, but you can find uh, Locked on Blue Jackets wherever you get Locked on Penguins, every podcasting app of choice. We're over on YouTube. Uh, You can find the show on Twitter at uh, LO underscore Blue Jackets. You can find me uh, if you want to mix in some dog pictures or some Star Wars opinions with uh, your hockey. I know Hunter and I have a lot of conversations about Star Wars in the off season. Uh, So you can find all that at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. A Huge shout out to everyone for making this your first listen of the day, every day, or your first watch. Uh, Locked and Blue Jackets and Locked and Penguins, free and available, literally wherever you can think to find us. And uh, you're never going to have to get behind a paywall for either podcast. So uh, you might as well start listening because it's free and who doesn't love free? Uh, So on Monday, uh, I will be breaking down the Blue Jackets game. Hunter will be breaking down the Penguins game on uh, on Locked on Penguins. And uh, so you should check those shows out. And until then, make sure you stay locked on.